The ability to speak with confidence and present for impact is easily the most valuable skill you can have in today's world. When you can share your knowledge, you can facilitate change, and when you can facilitate change, well, you can change the world one conversation at a time. But most people think they can't speak articulately, confidently, or with impact. They get choked up by nerves, they lose their words, or that dreaded imposter syndrome shuts them down. Well, I'm happy to say that speaking is a skill that anyone can learn. Yes, even you. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. My name is Kat Matson, and welcome to Speaking with Confidence. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Speaking with Confidence with Kat Matson. It's lovely to have you here. How are you today? I hope your day is going well, wherever it is that you are currently listening, whether you are on the bus, on the train, maybe you're jogging, maybe you're at the gym, or maybe you're just sitting, listening, or watching even. How are you? Now, today's episode is another interview, and it's with the fabulous Alex Hanlon from Fair Pay Negotiations. Now, the reason I wanted to get Alex onto the podcast is because we recorded a live webinar a few weeks ago discussing her area of specialty, which is negotiations. And in fact, she works specifically with women to help them negotiate better pay and conditions. And in listening to Alex talk about negotiations, obviously that is such a powerful speaking platform. You need to have your speaking confidence sorted in order to negotiate a better pay for yourself. And there are so many similarities that I wanted to bring this conversation to you. In fact, that's one of the new things that I'm going to be doing more and more in the podcast is bringing in other experts to talk about how important, how valuable, and just the different scenarios of where speaking confidence makes all the difference. So Alex has a very wry sense of humor. We do laugh a lot. And you're going to hear that in the upcoming interview. In particular, listen out for her tips on finding your stories and getting really solid in who you are and the value that you bring. You'll hear lots of similarities to what I've spoken about before when it comes to the Earn the Right framework. And in fact, if you're not familiar with the Earn the Right framework, then I will post some links in the show notes to past episodes where I talk about exactly that model. And in particular, the brag bag stories, those stories of your wins, those stories of your professional highlights that you can use as evidence of the value that you bring to your organization. The other thing that I think you'll enjoy about the conversation with Alex is just that importance of building a relationship, of having a conversation, and that it's not Godfather style like we often expect it to be in the movies. And you're also going to hear why it's so much harder for women to negotiate than it is for men. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Please listen in even if you're not about to negotiate your pay rise. This is fantastic even for business owners because the principles of negotiating your pay rise also apply to negotiating any time where you feel like it's your worth that's being questioned. So sit back, enjoy, and I'll see you at the end. Alex Hanlon, welcome to the Speaking with Confidence podcast. It's awesome to have you here. Thank you, Kat. It's great to be here. 
Now, I just did a little bit of an intro for our listeners, but I'd love to hear it in your words. Who are you? What do you do? Well, I'm Alex Hanlon and I am a negotiating navigator and coach and I support professional women to develop really crack negotiating skills so that they can negotiate better paying conditions and career enhancing opportunities for themselves. I'm on a mission to get to a million women and smash the gender wage gap one negotiation at a time. That's me. That is a ripper of a mission. That is a ripper, a ripper of a mission. And tell us, tell us a little bit about what brought you to do that. Like that's a, that's a big call. Why, why did you see that? Well, how did you see that gap and why did you decide to step into it? It took me a little while to see it actually. I've had a varied career where I've worked in, in a, a very wide range of fields, um, production. I've worked in um, property, technology, universities, media, I have followed opportunities a lot in my life and I found myself in 2022 sitting in the back row of a presentation at a conference and those women were talking about the gender wage gap and all the really fantastic work that they were doing. But I was just sitting there getting really furious that we were still having this goddamn conversation about the gender wage gap. You know, to me, it was kind of making my blood boil a bit that we were doing it. So at the end of that presentation, and we'd gone around and done all the questions, I leapt to my feet and said, look, one of the reasons that women don't get paid the same as men is that women don't ask. And part of the reason that women don't ask is that we never get taught how to negotiate. We sometimes feel reluctant about talking about money and ourselves. But as it turns out, over the course of my career, I've negotiated multi-millions dollars worth of contracts and six figures very healthy six figure salaries for myself and for other people and I've set precedents set, setting benefits and and I realized in that moment I felt a bit I felt like a bit of a wally actually but the penny dropped and I thought actually it would be really cool if what I did was I took everything that I knew about negotiation and shared it with people so I offered in this room um, about 60 women there I offered to run a workshop and I said, I'll, I'll put it all together for you. Would that be helpful? And then I got mobbed by all the women in the room. <laughs> and I wrote the business case. As you would. Yeah. And the, in the plane on the way home and about, you know, three and a half weeks after that, I had 55 women in a workshop and that's how the whole thing started. And I'm just, um, I'm over a year old now, just over a year old now. And a couple of hundred women have gone through and done um, that workshop. So I'm on my way. That is so awesome. You are on your way. Yeah. You are well on your way to that million. Yes. Now, you mentioned there that um, women aren't taught, women aren't comfortable in talking about money and asking for what they want. Tell us more about that. Well, I think that, that, um, I mean, it's interesting that whole idea that we're not taught, right, because we actually use negotiation skills um, with the kids, with the husband, in a variety of different settings, whether it's out, you know, doing shopping or doing something at work. We're actually using those skills all the time. So I think it's a combination of our assumption about what we think commercial negotiation or business commercial um, negotiation is. And I think for the most part, we tend to think of it as, as something that we see in the movies. You know, the godfather, I'll make him an offer, he can't refuse. You know, zero-sum game, we're going to fight over everything and someone shall come out victorious and the others shall be dashed to one side. And, of course, you can't do that when you're working with someone. You can't do that to your boss. <laughs> you can't make your boss an offer he can't refuse. No, you can't. 
really. So, so what I teach is um, collaborative negotiation. So where you work with the person that you're negotiating with in order to find uh, solutions to the problem, um, you know, that, that, that the two of you are grappling with. And in a pay rise negotiation, the problem is that you're feeling undervalued and not recognised for the work that you do. And so I show women how to build a case around that and then how to put that forward in a way that engages their boss. And the part of our objective is to leave your boss impressed that you actually had that conversation in the first place. Why is this a women issue, apart from the the, the, the gender pay gap? But yeah. do men negotiate more easily than women? Like what happens there? Oh, there, there's some really interesting uh, research in psychology around this. So, so it won't surprise anyone to know that psychologically men and women are built differently we respond to things differently and in the study (laughs) who knew so in a study of personality um, women um, very broadly and of course I'm speaking very general terms she says waving her hand over the entire female population women score very highly in a personality trait called agreeableness and that means that we're very empathetic we um, are very comfortable service servicing others and making sure that we are supporting putting other people ahead of ourselves. There's a whole lot of problem solving in there. Um, and those skills are, are, interestingly, the types of skills that make women really, really fantastic managers. But when it comes to a negotiation setting where the idea is that that might be a combative setting, women tend to hop, kind of pull back. So a lot of the time they don't even ask because the assumption is that when I get in there, I don't know how to deal with that. Men are hardwired almost right. the polar opposite way. So, so men um, score lower on agreeableness um, and then they're much better at taking risks and thinking on their feet. That's a more comfortable place for them. So um, I did an interview um, a while back with a recruiter um, who specialised in law recruitment and he was bemoaning how, you know, there's a huge number of women going through university getting law degrees and, and the partnership structures of the big companies are still predominantly men. And he knows from his experience that women will look at a set of um, criteria on a job description and, and if they don't fit all of them, they won't apply. Whereas a man will look at, you know, six out of ten and go, oh, yeah, well, I'll just pop in and you know, an application. So so it plays out in, in really different ways. But those are some of the ways that women and men kind of approach um, employment and that that kind of relationship with work differently. So despite the fact that it's not in our nature, yeah. women, again, gross generalisation, but if it's not in women's nature, is it a skill that we can learn? Can we learn to put that agreeableness aside it, can we learn to still stand up for what we want and successfully negotiate for ourselves? yeah yeah thankfully yes so in a study carried out at stanford university some years ago um, women and, and men were tested across a range of negotiating types and when women negotiated for other women or for other organizations they consistently got between 14 and 22% better negotiating outcomes than men. So the trick is um, for women, the trick is to, um, to flip your thinking around who benefits when you do well in your career as a woman. 
and to think um, and spend a bit of time kind of getting into the headspace, preparing well and going in and understanding who it is that is the real beneficiary when you're negotiating. And for me, in my career, that's been my family. So I put them very much in my mind's eye when I'm negotiating my pay um, and conditions. And that helps me to think through that engagement or that negotiation in a way that kind of lifts me away from my natural set of being agreeable and accommodating. So that's that's the trick of it. Yeah, and right. um, women, yeah, women can do really well. I was just really thrilled to 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 find that research because I have to say to you when I started doing all the research in psychology around this, I was actually a bit depressed. Like, oh, my God, how can we lift ourselves out of it? So to find that there's actually really good science that shows that um, women can do very, very well. But the key is um, that that mindset shift and preparing really well and understanding that preparing your mental game is as important as knowing what your value is, being clear about what you want to ask for and being clear about then how to ask for it. So preparation, it's magic. What I'm finding really fascinating about this and the similarities to what I teach from a speaking with confidence perspective is that that I don't want to call it a reframe because it's actually not, but that repositioning of why you're negotiating, who are the benefactors of this? You're not doing it just selfishly because you want the money. Mm. It's, well, the money means that I can look after my family better. The money means that I'm happier. The money means that I'm a better contributor back to the workplace because I'm not stressing about how do I pay the mortgage, all those kind of things. So it's fascinating. And then building on that for me, when I teach speaking, it's what's the end, what's the end goal? What's the ultimate outcome? What's the ultimate impact that you're trying to lead your listener down? So it's very similar. Just Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. More personal. Definitely. And I can, I can see also that the stuff that you teach with the speaking with impact and understanding your, you know, that you're taking people through a process of understanding your own stories a little more. Being, being focused and anchored in who you are and knowing that before you go into those types of circumstances, that is so very important in terms of getting, you know, the, your head in the right game. Being, being grounded in who you are and knowing what it is that you want. I think that's another thing that is um, a really interesting sort of, um, it's kind of incidental, if you like, to, um, to teaching negotiation skills, but actually helping women to figure out what it is that they do want because that's not always clear at the beginning. No, we, we, we like to think. No, it's not. Yeah, we like to think, oh, if I had an extra $10,000 or $20,000, everything would be different and then when you get it you realize actually it's not it's other things that we are more motivated by you know the happiness and health of our families you know how satisfied we might be at work it's kind of real you know heart space stuff for a person that that is ends up being more important than money so while i while financial freedom and getting your family into a place where you can have the lifestyle that you want and that when things come by, you know, number two kid needs a new set of braces, number one kid, you know, may have dinged up the family car, you, that you can respond to those and it doesn't break everything. I think that's where, mm. you know, most people really want their families to be. 
so you know that's it's really powerful yeah completely completely i think i think through the times where i've been in workplaces where i've needed to negotiate my like renew my renew my contract or mm. negotiate my salary and i must admit i'm i have historically been terrible at this mm -hmm. um terrible and one of the things that got in the way for me is not knowing not being comfortable with the ambiguity of the conversation, not knowing how, like you don't know where the conversation is going to go. You don't know what your boss is going to say. You don't know what, what the reasons are going to be. What are your tips for people who are bumping into that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, and I don't want to go into a conversation that I don't know the outcome of. Um, the biggest tip there I think is working on the relationship before you get to that point where you're having particularly that conversation. Because nervousness in the moment with a person in terms of um, how that conversation might be flowing so often is about, you know, at a, at a really base level, what will that person think of me if I say the wrong thing? You know, how, how should I be making the best out of this conversation? Um, and the desire to make sure that you're um, presenting well in that moment. But if you have a relationship with your boss where you know each other at a sort of a deeper level before you get to that relation that sorry that conversation then that conversation goes very differently because you're both more comfortable with each other so part of what um, I teach is preparation 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 and how to prime that relationship so you know I will frequently have conversations with women um, who are, I'm not quite sure how my boss thinks about this and I'm not quite sure how my boss thinks about that. And I'm like, well, let's get that sorted before you then have a negotiation. Because if you're not clear about what the basis of your relationship is and then you pressure it with an important sensitive conversation, then it is more likely to go off the rails. So let's fix that underlying, you know, relationship first. And the way that we connect with one another as people is through stories, mm -hmm. you know. So that's what I love about what you do because when people are able to share, you know, bits of themselves, just almost like a, like a, you know, a drip here and a touch there. It doesn't, you know, it's not a, now let's sit down and let me give you the lecture of Alex for several hours. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> a over time building a relationship. It's mm -hmm. far more satisfying and it means that when you get into that moment, you have a better idea of how that person's going to respond and some of the anxieties that come up that choke us in the moment where we go, ah, 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 you know, that they're not there anymore because you know who you are, you know who they are, you've got a relationship that you can work with. You know, it's just it's a, it's a more confident place to be. Makes perfect sense. Mm. I've heard you say that one of the things that's really important with a negotiating conversation is to be really clear on your open and really clear on your close, really strong in your open and really strong in your close. How do you do that when it needs to be a relationship? It can't yeah. be a rehearsed, scripted, mm -hmm. you know, this is my, you know, I, I teach powerful closes in when with pre presentations. 
But a lot of the times you're not receiving feedback from the audience. You're just delivering your powerful clothes. How do you deliver a strong close with a negotiation where you can't anticipate yet the full outcome of the conversation? So that's um, the close in in a negotiation is often about reframing back what has been agreed and then the conditions that go to each point that has been agreed. So who's going to do it? When is it going to get done? How is it going to be done? You know, which essentially answers the question: What evidence do we need to see to see to know that we have reached the outcome that we're just agreeing today? So, as the person who is asking for a pay rise or making that pitch, you're capturing the points as you go through your negotiation. And I got to tell you, Kat, I'm a great note taker when it comes to negotiations. I'll often say to people, can I just pause you there for a moment while I write a note? Because this is important, you know. And that, <laughs> so occasionally people raise eyebrows, but but my closes are strong because I can go back and say, so we agreed this and we said it would look like this. And we agreed that and we said it would look like that. So that close then gives you the opportunity of everyone going, yes, actually, that is, yes, that's right, that's accurate, which means that you can then do another thing. You can then follow up with an email and no one's surprised about any of the terms that you're talking mm. about and it is less likely to be something that falls apart for some reason subsequent to your negotiation, which is a possibility. So you use a strong close to make sure that you are you're reframing it back, summarising it well, making sure that everyone's clear about what was agreed. So that's a, that, that is both a listening skill and a note-taking skill and knowing that it's okay to, to put someone on pause, even if it's your boss, for just mm. a moment because the note that you're taking is valuable for both of you. Mm, yeah. That is very, very powerful. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that got in the way for me, and I know it gets in the way for many people, in fact, this comes up all the time, our biggest fear when we speak up is that we'll get rejected. Mm-hmm. In negotiation, our biggest fear is that the answer will be no. Mm-hmm. What's your guidance to women in particular who have such a strong sense of, I don't want to receive the no, so I'm just going to, I'm not, just not going to ask at all. And I'm yeah. like, just going to cross my fingers and hope I get a pay rise. Yeah. Look, occasionally people go into negotiations and and the boss will go, yeah, you're right, let's do this, and you're done. But that that is just like a poop-teenth. You know, most of the time a a poop-teenth of time when when that happens, most of the time you can absolutely count on getting a pushback of some sort. And no, we don't have the budget. No, not now. No, if I gave it to you, I'd have to give it to everybody else. No, we were talking about putting, you know, our focus in a different area in the company or the business. There's a number of different ways that a no shows up. What's important to understand about a no is why it is being said because some no's are just put out there in a variety of different descriptive forms to play for time. So in the same way, and this is one of the beautiful yet perplexing things about the English language is that occasionally we use language to talk to one another to have one in one intention that is different from the literal meaning of the words. An example is walking into work in the morning and saying, hi, how are you? Now, when you say that to a person, the expectation is that they will say, yeah, fine, how are you? That's about it. So it's a greeting. What you're not is expecting is 
actually, I'm not feeling really good. I had, you know, a bit of a late night last night. The kids were really murderous to get to school this morning. And then, and my tooth is aching a little bit. And I haven't had, you know, you know, someone could answer that because that's what you, you've literally asked. So you're using the language in a, in a sort of a vernacular way that has a different intention from the literal meaning of the words. And I know you can't have that right now is often like that in pay rise negotiations. So part of what I train people to do is to know that it's coming, but it doesn't mean I hate you. That's not what it means. It means you haven't convinced me yet. I need time to think. I'm not sure. I suspect that I probably have to do this. I'm just not sure how it's going to work yet. So when you unpack it with your boss, so help me to understand why you feel that way about this. Or, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we should maybe go to an opening and I can give you an example. But uh, when you open and you put your pitch out, you'll be asking for a number of different things. And so part of what happens is um, it's like a sticker shock right, with your boss. A bit like walking and I want to buy a new car. And you walk in and you, you go, oh, my lordy, ready me. I didn't realise they'd be that expensive, right? So you have that moment where you're getting used to it. And so you go, no, push back. And that's what's happening in a pay rise negotiation as well. So when you're trained to understand that it's coming, it's definitely coming, but it's not what you think it is. It doesn't mean you are a terrible person. I can't believe that you've walked in here and said this to me and I'm just going to have to completely revise everything I think about you, right? That's that's what the that's what the bad angel on our shoulder is telling us. Yeah, you know, so... Um, yeah, we've got to turn the volume down on that and get used to the idea that actually this is a, the first no is just the beginning of a conversation where you unpack how you then get to a yes, actually that sounds like a good idea. So it sounds like there's a few no's that I'm actually going to need to endure if I'm going to successfully negotiate. Yeah. Thankfully, when you understand that in in many circumstances, no doesn't mean no. You know, it's not a rejection of you personally. Um, yep. It's about the topic of conversation. We can start to, you know, put a put a, put a thicker skin around some of that. So it's mm. definitely, you know, mm. when you're talking to your boss, your boss is interested in the value that you create in a workplace. They're not rejecting you as a person. It feels like that sometimes. So we've got to work on that a little bit. But what they're interested in is how do you create value in terms of how do you work to increase revenue? How do you work to reduce or contain costs? And how do you work to affect the customer journey so we turn our customers into ambassadors, a.k.a. future sales? That is what bosses most of the time are interested in. So we talk to that and we engage with that in terms of how we pitch the things that we do and our and our value and understand that we're talking about that transaction between my labor expertise innovation and loyalty and salary benefits and career opportunities that's the transaction we're talking about yeah i love it i love it i'm going to post links to how people can get in touch with you in the show notes but for those who are listening as they're driving where can people find more information about you well, my organisation, Fair Pay Negotiations, can be found at www.fairpaynegotiations.com. So that's simple. Um, there are Yeah, there are links from there into the, the various different programs and online courses that I have. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Now, before we wrap up, I mean, obviously, in order to negotiate, you need to be able to speak with confidence. You need to be able to speak with authenticity because, as you said, it's a relationship piece. So what would be your one tip that you would like to leave listeners with who are thinking, oh, okay, I need to start working on building myself up to be able to negotiate for a pay rise? What would be your one tip? Prepare. Then prepare some more and then prepare. Um, I, 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 that sounds perhaps a little flippant on my part, but I do think that one of the things that people do with negotiation is they put it at the end of a meeting or it's in the corridor conversation or it's like, mm. oh, how about this? It, it doesn't do anyone's relationship. It doesn't build the respect that people have for one another in a relationship to be flippant about something that is so important to your career. So bosses, mm. I promise you, bosses, having been in that situation myself many times, bosses want to have this conversation with people. And they want to have this conversation with people because if you're really good at what you do, if you're not there anymore, then your boss experiences a drop in productivity and additional recruitment costs that then affects their own KPIs, so their own performance. And and so, so the nervousness that we often feel about it is overcome with the preparation and, uh, yeah, mm. so for me, getting the, in the same way that you show people how to get those stories together, definitely those stories help to anchor you, keep you kind of solidly comfortable in your space to then be able to have an open conversation with your boss about the possibilities for the future. So prepare, 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 awesome. prepare. prepare. <laughs> Prepare, 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 prepare. Yeah, perhaps and I should have worked yeah, on that one. one. of those prepar- <laughs> should have worked on that one a bit, I think. One, one of those preparations. <laughs> Maybe. One of those yeah. preparations is very much also getting clear on your stories, like as in recognising the value, finding those examples of the wins yes. that you've had in the workplace. Yes. And the, perfor- yeah. the performance awesome. stories, you know, because um, the, you definitely want to be able to pull out five or six really good solid examples of where you've, performed and you want to be able to say I did that and that's one of the things that you're really great at the way that you train people around their stories is to own it um so I'm loving that piece because because when you're in that pay rise negotiation you've got to you've got to own it and you've got to be really comfortable saying to yes I led this I delivered that I pulled those people together we got over this barrier you know we raced across a field and did this exactly. whatever it is you know you've got to it's got to be you and I, and I do and I do think that that is a very interesting one for women we have been taught and we fe- honestly feel that it's a we we did this we did that I wouldn't have been able to do this without my team I couldn't have done that by myself and so then we don't take ownership for it we don't take credit for the part that we played in pulling it together in leading it in encouraging um, in creating the space so yeah it's the in those moments you absolutely own it as yeah yours. totally totally yes Alex thank you so much for coming on to the podcast I've so enjoyed this conversation as I always do and there have been such powerful tips for women who want to boost their pay and negotiate better so thank you it's so great it's so great to have the opportunity to talk to you today Kat as always love it 
Oh my golly gosh, how good was that? And so many light bulb moments for me and so many similarities to, you know, the things that stop us from negotiating a better pay for ourselves are the same things that stop business owners from putting their work out into the world. It's the same thing that ha- that drives that imposter syndrome. So I, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Alex as much as I enjoyed having it. And I hope you took away some really powerful and thoughtful insights into how you can make your case. Even if you're not negotiating a pay rise for yourself, what else do you negotiate? What else in your business or professional life do you need to negotiate that you can take some of those insights from? I also want to really call out, of course, Alex's suggestion of preparation. Preparation is key. And I know one of the things that happens in organisations is that we wait until the annual performance review process or we wait until our boss perhaps initiates a contract um, renewal conversation. And by that stage, that invokes an immediate stress response. When I teach the earn the right framework and when I teach people about brag bag stories, one of my tips is keep collecting brag bag stories, cast your mind back and look at those professional highlights, look at those wins and collect them. That's a fantastic way to prepare when you're not in a stress situation because then when it is time to have that negotiating conversation, you've already got a collection of stories. You've already got that history there and it's unbiased. It hasn't been collected to defend. It's been collected because it happened. So you can find Alex at fairpaynegotiations.com. The link is in the show notes. If you've got a question, if you've got something that you want to add to this conversation, I would love to hear it. So please head over to the Speaking with Confidence with Kat Matson Facebook group. That's Speaking with Confidence with Kat Matson on Facebook. Just ask to join and then as soon as you get let in, ask your question. Participate. Just jump in. The best way that we learn how to speak with greater confidence is to ask questions. We learn aloud. We learn from each other a lot in that group. So come on and join in. And if you haven't already received, if you haven't already received my How to Stop Rambling ebook, then you want to visit impactfulpresenters.com and download that ebook today. I literally had someone reach out to me last week and say, oh my goodness, I just nailed a presentation, a pitch that I was really nervous about having read that book. So impactfulpresenters.com and download how to stop rambling. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I very much look forward to seeing you again next week. In the meantime, here's to confidence and here's to impact. I'll see you soon.